Hi everyone and welcome to the Beauty Insider 101 podcast with me, your host, Danny Nichols. Welcome back to another episode. We are still in New York, however, it is a rainy, thundery evening here in New York, so I'm hoping you're not going to hear too much of that. It's a massive contrast to last week when I was in the blazing heat speaking to Dave Lynn. I hope you guys really enjoyed last week's episode. Thank you so much for all the feedback. I'm glad that you managed to get some gems of usefulness that you can take forward into your beauty journey from her amazing experience of starting a skincare brand. If you haven't listened to it already, make sure you go back. And if you're not subscribed to the show, what are you playing at? Come on, make sure you hit subscribe so you get notified when every single episode comes out. And it also helps build the show and get the show exposed to more beauty lovers. So it would really, really mean a lot to me and take very little from you. So make sure you subscribe and of course, give us a little five-star review. Right, in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about trends. As a marketer and also a content creator, the absolute explosion of trends, it's just going insane. And it's definitely something that needs a bit more study and discussion. But I've done a little bit of research and I thought we could have a little bit of a chat about it and just talk about the change. Has there been a change in trends? Do we just feel more overwhelmed because we've got more social media platforms that are happening? Or is this shift in trend cycles actually not so much of a bad thing? Let's talk about it. Let's start off by saying trends are going crazy. If you spent any time on social media in the past, God, let's say two years, you will know the strawberry girl, latte girl, matcha girl. (laughs) There's a trend every single week. And the perspective I really want to focus on today is talking about how brands meet the demand and are able to be hot on the trend with the products that they already produce and also how the trends inform the product life cycle. So let's talk about it. So like we said, beauty trends are definitely moving at an alarming rate and it's something we've never really seen before. Typically trends would last around 20 years, which allow brands to have a full product life cycle. But right now we're seeing something that is so insanely bizarre that this whole product life cycle is happening so quickly that for brands, it's very difficult to be able to produce something that's able to keep up with that, where we're seeing products reframed in order to meet the demand. And also old products are coming back because of this trend of nostalgia, which I mean, personally, I love, but it's just so bizarre that this is happening in such a short amount of time. So the regular product life cycle has seven stages, and this is the development stage, where brands are normally investing a lot of money into strategy, understanding the consumer behaviors, why they need certain products, how they're going to use these products, and what the market fit would be. After that, they'll have the introduction where the actual concept is launched to market, tested with users, see how it goes, and kind of see what the pickup is essentially. You know, they've got a lot of research there. They know that people want it. But also, this is an interesting stage because they kind of see how people are using it, and that also helps inform marketing. And then we're in the growth stage. So the product's being used by a bunch of people. We know how they're using it. We're also changing our marketing messages to make sure that we're hitting different audiences that may be interested in it, but haven't heard about it. And really pumping out mass production, mass marketing, getting this product in front of as many people as possible. So the maturity and the saturation stage is kind of what is not really happening anymore. And maturity is kind of defined as the brand is streamlining the processes. The product and concept is reaching its most profitable stage. This means that people know about it, right? They're buying it, they're in love with it. And then we move into saturation where the competitor growth is building because competitors are making similar products after seeing the success of say our product. But it feels like now we're not getting to this point with products, let's face it. It's very flash in the pan. It's hot, then it's not. There's something else coming out. There's something else to try. And I was really racking my brains when I was researching for this episode because I mean, 
it wasn't that difficult because it just feels like there's so many things that are being released every single day that particularly with TikTok, it will be a trending product for a day and then it's completely out. And I just worry about our consumption as creators and also as consumers if we are trying to be trendy or trend driven. Prime example being the matcha girl trend. Personally, it's something I was never going to jump on with my complexion. Green on my face is never going to work for me. But I did see a lot of people going out and purchasing, you know, green eyeliners, green eyeshadows in order to create content for this trend or makeup wearers, makeup enthusiasts adding green to their collection and wearing it. But I just feel like for how much longer are you going to wear this until Strawberry Girl came in and then it's a shift back to pink, it's the freckles, it's cute. And I love the creativity that comes with these trends, but I do worry about the consumption level that comes with this and also the impact of the creator. One thing that I'm really hot on is not really doing too much trend-driven content because of this exact reason. And I think that even with skincare, it's very tempting to see, oh, a product is trending. People need a review from me. They want to hear my opinion on it. And it's the same thing, even though it's not so much a look when it comes to skincare so much. There are there are trends in there, let's face it, like glass skin. But it's more um, focus on skin health and how this product can impact your skin. Whereas makeup and fashion, I think, are really big ones when it comes to this trend life cycle and how it's impacted. One of the explanations that I came across around this massive shift in trend cycle and the move away from the 20-year trend cycle was in Dazed. And Dazed were talking about the micro trends such as the glazed donut skin, strawberry girl, blueberry milk nails emerging from TikTok and how the app is basically dominating the way that micro trends are created essentially and the impact they have on consumers. But it's really interesting to note that you know, there are some early adopters of these trends. A lot of these trends do come from historical practices and cultural practices. Prime example being hair oiling. They cited Alex Earl kind of going viral for this hair oiling. And obviously a lot of people that come from South Asian communities and black communities will tell you that this is something they've been doing since they were a kid, were often laughed at. And it's an interesting thing to see how you know, when someone that is so palatable talks about this, you know, Alex Earl essentially is the beauty standard, let's face it. And when she talks about these native (laughs) beauty practices, it's applauded and people are interested and definitely not disgusted. Whereas a lot of us kind of grew up where this was kind of seen as a weird, gross beauty practice. However, I will say, I do think that it's nice that we do see These trends kind of take off and also it helps small businesses. I always try to think about it in this sense that there's so many smaller businesses that create hair oils that quite frankly, they never would have got the platform and the chance to kind of blow up. So I do see the positive sides, these micro trends in that sense. But like I said, I do worry about our overconsumption when it comes to these things. I do think it's also important to note that I think that, like I said, when we talk about beauty, it's interesting to split it up into makeup and into skincare here because one of the things that we can definitely say has not gone out of fashion anytime soon, the trend is still going, is the clean girl look. 1000%. The clean girl look has been around since at least 2020. And from skincare to beauty to fashion, it's a certain aesthetic, which the trend cycle hasn't been able to throw that away, let's face it. And I'd actually probably argue the same thing for glass skin. And I think it's because these trends kind of relate to a picture of what we think health looks like. 
It's the flawless skin. It's the well put together. It's the glowing skin, luminous, healthy look, barely there looking makeup. And then it goes all the way down from the skin to the fashions as well, being very minimal. And I think I'd probably say that the clean girl, you know, makeup, beauty look has definitely transferred into the quiet luxury fashion. These are kind of related trends, I would say. And I don't think we're going to see them go anywhere anytime soon, especially as we go back into this nostalgia phase. So one of the things that I'm loving at the moment over on social media is this mega, mega emphasis on nostalgia, the 90s, the noughties, the fashion, the beauty advice, the skincare tips that are out there. And I do think that that whole trend is so related to the clean girl look in the sense that, you know, not everyone in the 90s and noughties were doing the clean girl look, but the content that I'm seeing out there is very much like the minimal look, the glowy skin look. And this is something that we've wanted for a long time. So in that sense, you could say that the trend cycle hasn't really pushed forward that far because that's in the traditional 20 year phase. It's not really moving too far away because that's the noughties, you know? So I think it's such an interesting one. Like I said, my big issue here with trends is that they move super, super fast. I worry about overconsumption as both a creator and as a consumer, which is something that, you know, we don't really know the ins and the outs of now, but we'll definitely start to see the environmental impact of the further these things go on. Personally, I think that it's important that creators pick and choose which trends they play into because as a creator, I think that it's really important that we pick and choose the trends we participate in, especially if it encourages purchasing habits, which equals overconsumption. We don't want it to be influencing our audiences to be purchasing too many products that they're not using, which quite frankly has a negative environmental impact. And if we are doing these trends, talk about products that they might have already, be it, you know, a brown eyeliner, you can do freckles with that. You know, if you're doing the strawberry girl look, you've probably got a pink blusher out there. It's reapplying it in different places. I'll never forget last winter was the cold girl makeup. And honestly, that was the one where I really drew the line because it gave me PTSD of being a kid, blue eyeshadow. It's not for me. It's never going to work for me. But it is really interesting to see how, you know, a lot of these things you can use products you've already got. We don't need to be consuming more. We don't need to be purchasing more. And we can definitely work ways into our content to make sure that people are, you know, reusing the products that they have already. I'd be really keen to hear what you guys think about this. Do you think the trend cycle is going too far? Do you think that people are consuming way too many products? Do you think that consumers are actually driven by these trends? Or is it just a fun thing to see on social media? I'm really keen to hear what you think. And I cannot wait to see your comments. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Like I already said, if you've not given us a five-star review already, I would really, really appreciate it. And I'll see you next week for our final episode of this season. I cannot wait to bring you the last episode and to have a little bit of a break and come back with some even more incredible guests. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you very soon. Bye.